Hi, friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough Podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In episode 29, Sasha interviews Dr. Ty Ahmed. Dr. Ahmed is a physical medicine and rehabilitation physician in New York City. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Welcome everyone to this episode of the Brave Enough Show. This is Sasha Shilkut and I am really excited to bring on an amazing woman today who is a fellow physician and she has an area of expertise that I think so many of our listeners will appreciate and will really be excited to learn from. And so I'm really excited to have Dr. Ty Ahmed on the show today and we're going to talk to her in a little bit, but first we're going to answer a question from the audience. So I received a question, uh, dear Sasha, I am a mom of three and I'm completely and totally burned out. I am overwhelmed at all ends and I don't feel like I can ever catch up. I'm interested in the masterclass, but I don't want to add one more thing to my plate. Is this something that I can do and still take care of my family and work full time? This is a great question. Um, I definitely understand where you are. And I think that there are a lot of women who feel exactly like you feel. So number one, kudos to you for reaching out and asking for help, because I think asking for help is something that as women were taught not to do, because it is a sign of weakness when actually, um, we all need help. I need help. Um, I mean, I don't know a woman on the planet that doesn't need help. So yes, you can totally do the masterclass and still work and still have kids. The design of the masterclass, which is really for professional women, it's a 12-week class. It's about an hour of your own time every week dedicated to listening to a 30-minute lecture given by me and then using a study guide to really delve into you know, what is off, what, why are you struggling with work-life balance, um, what specifically are you overcommitted to, and it's just an adjustment. If you think about you know going and getting a massage and you just walk out of there feeling better, it's kind of like massaging your life for 12 weeks and figuring out inside what needs to go and what are you committed to that you actually don't enjoy anymore? How do you get out of those commitments and do it in a professional manner and not hurt relationships? How do you recognize toxic areas of your life that you actually have been expending energy into that you don't need to. And then you, we have a, a 30 minute live event every week. And if you can't participate in that, it's not a problem. The class is all online so you can watch it when it's convenient for you. So I want to encourage you, if you're interested in my masterclass, the next one will start in September of 2019. So you have a little time to think about it. And it's a small group, about 20 women. So if you're interested, again, you can find out more on becomebraveenough.com. But now we're going to get to our guest. Welcome, Dr. Ahmed. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I am really excited. I'm just excited for us to chat for 30 minutes and, and I'm really excited to learn from you. And it's been fun for me as a work colleague and friend to watch the inception of your career in the last few years and really watch how influential you have become to so many women and how helpful you've become when you embraced your mission. So tell us a little bit about you where you're from, your family, your interests, and how you got into helping women with chronic pelvic pain. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, I remember sitting with you the first time and that was right 
I think like right at the cusp of like deciding to do this, was it what to do? And if it was going to be like a, a lifestyle, lifestyle change, but, um, it's basically I born and raised in New York, have lived here my entire life. Um, I did my med school and college out in Long Island and then I came and did my residency in Manhattan. I met my colleagues at NYU and, um, I, we all kind of went our separate ways. I did private practice for uh, a handful of years and I was just doing sports medicine, ankles, knees, joints, back pain, seeing a lot of marathon runners. I mean, here in New York, everyone's spinning, everyone's um, doing a lot of activities. I would see a lot of people who sit all day long with back pain. Um, and then my colleague from residency approached me in cause she kind of went her way and did more of uh, women's health and really saw that there was this huge need. So in that first year, I was just spending a lot of time shadowing her like a, like a med student all over again and just kind of seeing if this was something I'd even really want to do. Um, and it was really, really, really sad to see so many people suffer. But when they would come back and they'd be better, it was like amazing. Like it was like you'd smile and you'd high five like oh I just had sex great high five like people would be like yeah he was able to get in great and like you know when I was treating ankles knees and you know backs I'd say you know you really should not run this marathon this week you might injure yourself and people kind of really didn't listen because they wanted to run the marathon and that's fine because as a physiatrist like our our whole point of our field is to rehabilitate the body. Um, And there is this entire other field of pelvic rehabilitation that no one was really delving into. Um, And even in Manhattan, there's only like five of us doing this and three of us are in the same practice. Um, And so it's kind of amazing to be a part of something that's like so huge, Um, mostly because the people who are doing pelvic rehabilitation and were the physical therapists and they were doing this 20 years before us. Um, and there were no doctors like kind of leading them. And so they kind of came up with this rehabilitation of like how to do the physical therapy in, internally, um, externally to work on those pelvic floor muscles. Um, but now when we work together, we're like a team and we talk and we order imaging and we can order medications. And there's things that when they plateau with physical therapy, now they can get better and they can have better improvements. And, um, you know, it, it feels like basically physical therapy for your back or physical therapy for your ankle because now we have a team. But now for the pelvic floor, there is, there's a doctor, there's a physical therapist, you know? So it's like, like a collaborative effort. That's awesome. That's, it's really cool when, you know, we think that we've learned everything there is to know about medicine. (laughs) I was just talking to a friend of mine last night about this. I was talking about how, you know, sometimes I have patients who have coagulopathies and they're bleeding, but their bleeding panel looks normal, but they're clearly bleeding and coagulopathic. And I think to myself, you know, I, we don't know, we haven't figured out every disease or every therapy or every treatment as great as we, we'd like to think that we you know, are in medicine, constantly trying to innovate and figure things out. It's amazing to me that, you know, you're practicing a, a niche of medicine that nobody has really embraced until the last few years. And so why do you, it it is crazy, but it's awesome. So like, why do you think, cause I'm sure there's women listening that are like, I have pelvic pain. I, I hurt. Um, 
I have pain. There's an overlap. There's yeah. an overlap. A lot of people go straight to their gynecologist, and a lot of them often are told your ovaries look fine, your uterus looks fine, um, you're not pregnant, you're, you don't have fibroids, you don't, you know, I don't, you don't see anything. Imaging looks fine. Ultrasound looks fine. MRI looks fine. Okay. Well, if you're still having pain in the same, basically what's the pelvis area between the belly button and, and as far as down as the knees. I mean, like I go as far as down as the knees, but if it was a gynecologic issue, you'd say somewhere lower abdomen. So now they're like, okay, maybe I should go to a GI doctor. And the GI doctor is like, okay, well, we just, let's do a colonoscopy. Let's do a panel. Let's check in, you know, palpation. Let's do some imaging. CT abdomen looks fine. Pelvic floors don't come up on those imaging, right? And pelvic floors are there. But you don't know how they feel until you do an internal exam. And not a lot of people are trained to do that because, Whereas I don't have like an organ, I don't have a bowel or bladder or uterus. My only organ or sense of touch is muscles, nerves, and joints. So that's basically what I did for three years of residency. So the other day I did a grand rounds for um, a rheumatology um, um, uh, department at a hospital in the city in the Bronx. And I was like, you guys, this is the first time I'm finding a group of doctors I can talk to that doesn't have an organ. Also, it's like we're the same because usually <laughs> the urologist they have, it's their bladder, their prostate. So far, it was nice. So it's like, okay, you guys get it. It's like this this system that you can't see. I mean, I guess anesthesia kind of is the same. You guys don't really have, it's physiology. Yeah, right. There's no like, it's all like a theory, a thought, like what's so, for us, it's, touch. So we touch, we, I do internal exams and I examine them. So that's why it's so hard because there's an overlap between the bowels, the bladder and the sexual function. Right. And so you have to step back and look and say, is there something wrong? Like, do you also have constipation or do you also have urinary frequency and you also have pain with sex? Well, what's the common denominator, that pelvic floor that's holding them up? So why do and you think that, really that, that, I mean, this is so interesting to me as a physician and also as a woman, I'm thinking to myself, why is it that, um, I mean, I just had Lindsay Harper on the show a little, uh, a few weeks ago, Dr. Yeah. Harper, and she, she was talking about intimacy and she's an OBGYN and she was talking about how she is, you know, she's just really developed this because so many people would come to her, but no one, no physicians were really talking about it or addressing it as physicians. So why do you think that it's similar? Why do you think that think women OBGYNs just, are like, mm-hmm. why do you think that women are, are just a, like uh, not bringing up this, this issue to their physician? Or do you think they, you know, what do you think? Do you think it's just cause it's taboo or do you think that people don't always believe women or do you think that doctors think- just don't know what to do with it or I think it's a, I think it's exactly all three of those. I think uh, there's a third of doctors who are like, listen, I checked for cervical cancer. You're alive. You're good. <laughs> like, I know you might have some pain with sex, but you're okay. And I don't know what else to do with this. Um, they, there might be a bunch who are like patients of patients, like a third of patients who are like, you know, I just thought it was normal to have pain with sex. I have, I have 56 year old women who come in every day and they're like, I thought it was normal to have pain with sex. I thought it was normal to leak urine. I thought there was nothing I could do about this. And then there's just people who are like, you know, I mentioned it once to my doctor and 
I never mentioned it again because I was embarrassed. Right. And, that, and that's the end of it. And when I, I Googled and I found you and I figured hmm, maybe we'll come and try this. And I literally had, um, I see men too. I see 40% of our practice is male and 60 is female. Um, I saw a 80 year old male the other day. And he was like, I thought I was going to be really upset after this appointment because I thought you were going to say there was nothing left for me. And he was like, I'm like shocked at how much you taught me about my pelvis. And, you know, that's the thing that's like part of every time I see a patient is education um, because I have, I think we don't get that education in med school and we don't get that education. Like, I don't think we're people need to have that proper education going forward. Like, do you want to be in Depends when you're 70? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Do you? Right, exactly. <laughs> no, you right. don't want to. Right. So, like, we have to figure out how to hold <laughs> control our pelvic floor. And well, so, yeah, and, and, it, and it's funny because, like, nobody talks about this kind of stuff as physicians. Like we just don't, we, we're not, we don't really learn how to educate, I think, uh, uh, patients, um, or even make it sometimes, you know, we're so busy, we're so rushed, we're so focused on like the one, the chief mm-hmm. complaint that maybe we don't always make it feel like patients can bring up this. Oh, and by the way, I have this pain, you know? So oh, yeah. I love that you're like changing the system and the culture of medicine by, by educating and, and showing the value of allowing people to bring up their pain. Cause I think a lot of people think that they should just, they ignore their pain or they just should always, they live with it. It's just like this thing that they just live with. And, yeah. and it can cause so many other secondary issues like anxiety and depression and, and mental illness when you're in chronic that's, pain. That's so like my typical classical patient, uh, my typical classic patient is um, a patient who, you know, has a lot of anxiety because they feel this thing down there and they're not really sure what it is. And so they, te- they tend to clench their pelvic floor even more. And so those muscles that used to be nice and, you know, have long contractions are now getting shortened and they're tight and they're spastic. And now they're feeling anxious even more. And now they might feel more pain and their nerves are irritated and throw some sciency words in their neurogenic inflammation and, you know, weak, decreased circulation and all that starts to happen. And the physiology of it happens. And now the blood's not flowing there's not enough, um, uh, there's peripheral nerve irritation. And then what happens? Now their body starts to feel like they're in pain all the time and the central sensitization kicks in and that's when it's really hard to treat. So now on top of it, they've got anxiety, they have depression and they're feeling lousy. And unfortunately, that's usually when I see the patient. I wish I could see them when it just starts and like they're just feeling something. But people usually don't treat things until it becomes so bad that they're like, you know, what, what are my options here? Do nothing or, you know, do something really bad to myself. And that's, you know, kind of the scary part about this field is that it, you know, if you're feeling something down there, you want to get treated sooner than later. Right. And, and you want to make it okay to ask. And, and it sounds like, you know, you have, you know, we are very good at physicians of, of making sure that we order the tests that, 
um, do have to do with an organ, like you said, or do have to do with a system. But when a patient has, you know, oftentimes very vague, you know, complaints that, well, could this be A or could this be B? It's just, it's a lot more difficult for us as physicians. You know, we want to be good stewards of resources, but we also want to make sure that we're helping people. It can be really difficult when, when you don't have a clear system, a, a complaint. And yet I think yeah. pain oftentimes I think what is happens, different in people, you know, like it, it, it's just different in some people. A lot of people are scared. They're going to be told that they're crazy, that it's in their head and that it's so psychological. And that's usually what happens. And so, it, you know, it gets really disappointing for patients and then they, they don't really trust the system and they don't want to go back to doctors. And that's the stuff that, you know, gets kind of frustrating. Like if, you know, we have to believe people and, and going into it, when I first went into it, I was like, oh, I don't know if I could deal with like, it's very exhausting trying to figure out how to work with patients with pain. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is that I've realized it's actually easier if I don't know what to do to just say, I don't know what to do. I'm going to help you. I'm going to try and we're going to work together because I think then the patient realizes like, okay, you know, they don't you're not God. You're not going to be able, you may or may not be able to fix me, but at least you're with me and you believe me and you understand. And like, we can make um, a plan and we can try and see what works. And, you know, because I've been doing this now for a couple of years, I'm like, okay, I know this and this and this hasn't worked. Now let's try this and this and this. And, and now I, my, you know, I don't want, I would never want, and that's, that's what I think when patients are frustrated when they come to see me, it's because they're, they're told that this will help and this will help and this will help. And so I never give anyone like a hundred percent because, you know, it's really scary because if it doesn't, you know, then they're really disappointed and, and with right. all the pain, it's, it's chronic, it's ongoing, it's hard. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point too. Um, you know, when I, I'm as an anesthesiologist, I used to always tell people in the morning, you know, Oh, everything's going to be great. It's going to be fine. Like it's going to be, it's going to go great. Um, and now I tell people I'm going to take really good care of you because I will, but I don't know that it's going to go perfect and great because it's medicine exactly. and, and I'm not God and I have no idea, but I, I've changed the, what I say to people because the truth is like, I am going to take care of you the same as I would take care of my dad or my mom or my sister or my brother. But, but I can't tell you everything's going to be perfect because we don't know that in medicine. And, and I think sometimes there, there's the art of medicine and the science and, and there's, there's a, it's, it's really easy for us to learn the science. It's harder to, for us to embrace the art of medicine. And there are some things that I'm sure you do for one patient that, don't work at all for the next patient. And you, that's part of the 100%. art of medicine, you know? So yeah. where, so like, Definitely. tell, tell me where, like if someone wants to, if someone is in New York city or someone wants you to come and give a talk or someone, how do people, what, tell us how to find you and where to follow you and where you work. Um, our office is pra um, based out of Midtown Manhattan, um, so we're on 41st in Madison. We're really close to Grand Central. I see a lot of patients that come from outside of New York fly in all the time. Um, I'm on Instagram, Dr. Tai Ahmed, T-A-Y-A-H-M-E-D on Instagram. And then my Facebook handle is Dr. My full name, T-A-Y-Y-A-B-A, -A last name Ahmed, at um, Pelvic Pain Specialist. Um, so, you know, 
if they wanted to email, our emails are on the um, website, pelvicrehabilitation.com. Um, the whole practice is called Pelvic Rehabilitation Medicine. So what if someone's not in New York, but they are listening and they're like, you know what? I've had pain for years. I've never figured it out. I see what, them all the time. Where would... I see them all the time. We... They could, on our website, on pelvicrehabilitation.com, there is an area that says contact us and you can put in your information and what we'll do is we reach out and I usually speak to a patient before they decide to fly in and tell them about what what I do, how long the consultation would be and kind of run through it. Like if, you know, I want to prep by getting some pelvic imaging done, I may say, I'll order it now, or do you have this, like what stuff to bring in? You know, I, I, if you're going to come from Texas to come and see me, I'm going to spend like 30 minutes talking to you on the phone. It's not that big a deal. Um, or, you know, I, we have patients who come from India, from London. Um, I think there's someone coming from Russia soon. So people fly we're, we're obviously, for those patients, we will definitely talk to them before they come in. That's awesome. That's awesome that you're such a resource for people that because you have such a specialized field and, and I just, I think what you're doing is great. And I love that you found your passion and you're very edgy, you know, follow Dr. Um, Ahmed on Instagram if you don't, because she's got great education on there. And I always learn something every time I read your posts and I am a physician. So that, that tells you how good, how good it is and how needed it is. And I hope that if someone is listening today and and they are in pain that they realize they don't have to live with that. And there may be something um, that that you can do to help them. And so I love that you gave us all of your information on how to find you on your website and reach out to you. And this has just been so informative. And I really want to thank you for coming on the show. No, and I thank you for providing me the opportunity to talk a little bit about it and creating more awareness for pelvic rehabilitation in general, um, because it's such an underserved field. And I think um, that's huge that you want to bring that out. That's really important. So thank you. No problem. I, I love supporting other women and I love seeing women being brave enough to just start um, to, to start something that they're passionate about and follow through. And that's a exactly what you're doing. So I'm really glad to know you as a person and as a friend. And I want to encourage all of you out there, if you're listening today and you want to find out more, make sure that you follow Dr. Ty Ahmed on Instagram, go to her website, check out her place of business, reach out to her. And as always live brave. This has been an HSG production. 